Ski. Hello, friends. And uh, the man who flosses my teeth when I nap. <laughs> Brent. <laughs> does a good job, too. Yeah, I mean, he does. He's he really thorough, does. thorough. Yeah, the dentist is constantly impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Sherry has a, a client who, it's, it's not the client, it's the client's boyfriend or something like mm-hmm. that, um, who said that her boyfriend doesn't floss or whatever, mm-hmm. which I, I honestly, I don't floss often because my teeth are a little crowded, and mm-hmm. so it's very difficult for it. Yeah. Like, it, it's not that noticeable, you know, just looking at my mm-hmm. teeth, but, you know, if trying to floss, it just bangs between my teeth and yeah. hurts my gums. So yeah. I rarely floss, but I brush regularly. Yeah, too many guests at that party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there's the right number of guests, but just too small of a venue. <laughs> venue. <Yeah. laughs> uh, but apparently... He said he had a tooth that had a slight gap in it, mm-hmm. and if he flosses, then you can notice the gap, so he doesn't mm-hmm. floss because he just wants uh-huh. to have that nice plaque buildup. Exactly. <laughs> oh. A little spackle on the drywall. <laughs> right. Yeah, close the gap. And I'm like, why would you tell someone that? Just come up with it. Just say, I don't floss very often. Like, yeah. You don't need the reason. Mm-hmm. The person's like, why it's not? It's like the just caulking like, really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, even if they ask for more, you just say, like, oh, I just never got into the habit, but uh-huh. yeah, I should try. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard good things. Yeah. My oh, no, no, no. I do that. Shows the gap. Right. <laughs> you don't want to see me with that. You'd much rather see me with this buildup of tartar from, you know, a month's mm-hmm. worth. Anyways, well, today uh, we're going to be going over Golden Girls Season 7, Episode 3, Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Uh, Brent's going to be doing our recap today. Hey. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you talking about for the listener? Exactly. <laughs> a little something special for us. Good all for us all, Brent. Good for us all. Well, before Brent gets into, into the recap he's so graciously bestowing upon you, <laughs> I did have a couple listener interactions that were Yay. both really good ones. Nice. Uh, they always are. Yeah. These were uh, both in reaction to uh, episode uh, or season six, episode twenty-four. Okay, which I think was never yell fire or whatever part yeah, one. Yeah. Okay, um, we got one from Jennifer. <coughs> uh, she <laughs> said, "I can't remember what my post was to be honest with mm-hmm. you," um, but Jennifer's reply was, uh, "We're all here for the butt stuff talk." <laughs> <laughs> All of us, some don't want to admit it, but the rest of us have no shame. <laughs> and then we also got one from uh, Stacy along the same line. So she said, you guys always know what your listeners want. Hashtag butt stuff. Hashtag doc talk. <laughs> hashtag what was that? Doc talk. Do- you doc? know, the, the space docking. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, she said, by the way, I'd listen to the three of you read the uh, read the phone book. Nice. You make each week start with laughter, and I'm here for oh it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's that's, that's incredibly so nice. nice yeah. yes, thank you, Stacy, And thank you, Jennifer. Mm-hmm. Two of our best. Yes. Um, God bless you guys. So uh, 
Yeah, that's all that I had as far as listener actions go. Okay. Um, but Brent, if you're want to jump in, would you would you like to hear a couple alternate intros that I had? Yeah, sure. I okay. definitely would love to hear them. All yeah. right. He or, was mulling over them before this guy's. Yeah, that's fine. I, I thought about introducing Ski as a man who spends lots of quality time with his grandson, <laughs> uh, which would be very accurate, but it just wasn't funny enough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh, a man who's no longer allowed at the petting zoo. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also thought about introducing you two as Pussycat 1 and Pussycat 2. <laughs> I'd be Pussycat 2. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, the final one I considered was a, um, I thought about introducing you as this one, Brent. A man who's okay as long as there's pain and suffering in the world. <laughs> and if it's not, by God, I'll make it. Right. <laughs> it's the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Pay with his own way, guys. Right. Exactly. So, but that's all I have. <laughs> Sophia's choice of the cause of and solution to all of the pain and suffering in the world. <laughs> right. <laughs> the solution being it coming to its end. The ultimate solution? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> It's a permanent solution to a temporary problem. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Brent, you can take it away when you're ready. (laughs) So Golden Girls Season 7, Episode 3, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, So this was the sixth episode to be directed by uh, Alex Pissaris, which means we've had five previous opportunities to discuss the 43 episodes of Fuller House he's worked on. Mm -hmm. But since we've not yet mentioned that, I see no reason to break tradition. Uh, For what what it's worth, we'll have 15 more opportunities to discuss the Alex Pissaris oeuvre. Perhaps on one of those occasions, we'll mention the 90 episodes of anger management he worked on. Now, are those 15 episodes all from Golden Girls, or do we have some Golden Palace sprinkled He's in He's got too? some Golden Palace in ah, there as well. Okay. Yep. Uh, so this episode was written by uh, Mark Cherry and Jamie Wooten, or Ooh. as the shippers call him, Chooten. <laughs> <laughs> when you said shippers, I was like, what does UPS call him that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took me a second to realize yeah. you're talking in the kids' lingo. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's how the kids talk IRL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> LOL. IKR. <laughs> Ski's so lost because he's a grandpa. He doesn't know these young person terms. Guys, your lingo. He's over there adjusting the onion on his belt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to text his wife on his jitterbug. <laughs> I figured you guys were just like uh, talking about random letters. You know? <laughs> yeah. Letters. Aren't Practicing, they something? <laughs> Practicing the alphabet. Yeah. Out of order and mm-hmm. with no discernible sense. Yeah. <laughs> You and your letters. In my day, we had runes. <laughs> I was always a glyph guy. Yeah. You know? Like your pictograms. <laughs> uh, so the episode originally aired on October 5th, 1991. And this was actually the second time the Golden Girls debuted an episode on October 5th. Uh, any guests as to the first? <laughs> Which one? Would have been on October 5th? Yes. So it would have been one of the prior six seasons Correct. of work. Okay. So you got narrowed down. This uh-huh. is, let's see, the sixth episode. No. Season third, seven. Third episode of season seven. So assumedly would have been in that ballpark for the other season. I am going to guess it's not adult education because that was too late <laughs> in the season. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go with a bed of roses. Okay. What do you feel, Ski? I... Confounded. I'll just say episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) So the last time we had an October 5th episode was back in season one. Uh, The fourth episode, Transplant, Mm -hmm. originally aired on October 5th, 1985. So Uh, we're full circle almost here. 
So that episode dealt with a then-selfish Blanche trying to decide whether or not to give her dying sister a kidney. Mm. It's funny to think of how much Blanche has grown and matured in the intervening six years. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so I didn't listen to the recap of Transplant, so you know, please stop me if Ski covered any of the following October 5th facts. Okay. So in 610, Heracles <laughs> arrived in Constantinople, killed the Byzantine Empire, and ascended the throne himself. Mm. Pretty sure I did talk about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't remember. So, <laughs> we'll see. It's a good refresher. I, yeah. I, I honestly, I was like, I was on the fence, and I was like, yeah, he's more of an Istanbul kind of guy. So. <laughs> 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 he does love that Animaniac song. They <laughs> uh, might be giants. Oh, really? Yeah. Is, are they the ones that, that did that? It was Constantinople. Yeah. Now, did they do that? Was that prior to the Animaniacs co-opting it? Like, there was an original song of theirs? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Cool. Um, well, it, it was a cover, but they popularized it. The Animaniacs did that. Because okay. I had never been exposed to a prior to Animaniacs, and don't think I have been since. Yeah. And then um, they also did um, Particle Man that Animaniacs oh, okay. turned into a oh, thing. Oh, very cool. Yeah. yeah, they had that whole little montage, like yeah. several in a row. Yeah, and they did the Malcolm <laughs> in the Middle theme song and mm. all sorts of yeah, Ski is struggling with a bit of a sore throat today, so you may hear a little more coughing. Sorry, guys. I may not be able to edit it all out, or at least... Uh, I'm trying to cough away from the yeah. mic. So if you're hearing that, don't worry. He's not dying, doesn't have COVID. He just uh, ate a couple too many mushroom caps and gave himself mm-hmm. some acid reflux. <laughs> <laughs> so but he'll be fine probably by uh, three weeks from now. <laughs> it's okay, though, because, you know, he's wetting his whistle with a nice bag of pretzels. <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> Smooth the throat out. That, that salty, crunchy goodness of a pretzel. Exactly. Brought <laughs> you by Snyder's. Proud sponsor of Ski's Cough. So in 1607, uh, Catholic assassins tried to kill Venetian scientist Paolo Sarpi. Uh, because of his advocacy of keeping church and state separate. Uh, he survived that attempt and lived another 23 years. Uh, fun fact, uh, his <laughs> dying words were, Esto perpetua, and this translates to, uh, May she endure forever. <laughs> and as a bonus fun fact, that's the state motto of Idaho. Oh, they even put it on the back of their commemorative quarter in 2007. So wow. the next time you're spending social time with your Valentine, go ahead and supersize their fries. That'll give you even more opportunities to drop that Idaho-adjacent knowledge on them. <laughs> Does that surprise you that a man who, you know, you would think is an enemy of the church, um, mm-hmm. and Idaho, I would think, as a somewhat conservative state, mm-hmm. um, would have a motto of his, uh, although maybe that model, motto predated him as well. Yeah, I don't know. No, I think it was an original thought from him, but yeah, I thought it was odd as well. That's why I kind of threw it in there. Yeah. Like, oh, well, that's a fun little that tidbit. That is a fun fact. Exactly. Many of your fun <laughs> facts aren't that fun, but that one is really? genuinely fun. Huh. Well... <laughs> <laughs> You raised the bar pretty high because we have two aviation-related fun oh. facts to close us out right now. Ooh, raise it high. Yeah. Yeah. So October 5th, uh, in 1905, uh, the Wright brothers set the world record by flying 24 miles in 39 minutes. Okay. So as far as I know, that record still stands. Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. And in, 19, <laughs> in 1914, an aircraft successfully destroyed another aircraft with gunfire for the very first time. Oh. You guys want to guess who was involved in this skirmish and who won? Okay, what was the year again? 1914. Uh, 1914. I'm going to go with... Red Baron? I'll go with uh, Germany um, was uh, on the... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say Germany was on the winning end and Russia was on the losing end. Okay, you're close. Um, so on October 5th, 1914, during the First World War, a uh, French gunner, Louis Connal. Uh, shot down a German biplane mm. to score the first aerial dogfight victory. 
Okay. So just as an aside, this was the first successful air-to-air shootout. The first unsuccessful air-to-air shootout occurred during the Mexican Revolution. So two American pilots, Phil Rader and Dean Lamb, who were on opposing sides of the war, drew their revolvers and started Ah. firing at one another (laughs) while airborne. Neither hit the other, so that dogfight don't count. <laughs> but I'm not sure who fired first, wow. but I'm curious if the other pilot was more surprised by the fact that he was being shot at or by the fact, <laughs> by the fact that it was allowed in the first place. <laughs> like, do you think he was like, I didn't know we could do this? <laughs> I don't know. They obviously both had a gun with them. <laughs> so he must have at least imagined that it might be something that was an option. <laughs> so you think he was just being a gentleman and letting yeah, the right. other guy? <laughs> uh, he's like... Hey, listen, I'm a man of peace, so I'm going to make you fire first. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to start this fight, but I'll end it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, all right. So the episode starts off with wheelchair-bound Sophia ringing a bell to summon a hunchback. Dorothy shows up. <laughs> Dorothy shows up, gives the old bird her cracker, and announces that she's going to use her discretionary income to hire a private nurse. Sophia says she doesn't need a nurse. That only forces Dorothy to take care of her because it tickles her. Uh, Dorothy tells Sophia that she's not going to argue the fact and that the nurse will be there the following day. Uh, Blanche and her granddaughter Melissa then arrive back from the docks. Apparently they were watching the sailors come in. Uh, Dorothy said her own grandmother was a wharf rat. <laughs> and then uh, once Blanche can get Melissa out of the room, she tells the other Goldens that she's afraid her seven-year-old granddaughter didn't enjoy trolling for D as much as she did. <laughs> Blanche, Blanche is at a loss as to how she'll fill the rest of the week. Right, yeah, that's all she knows. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Dorothy suggests she do something they'll both enjoy, and she even inadvertently suggests Blanche take Melissa clubbing. Seems like if they were going to go <laughs> clubbing, they'd have done that down at the docks, but maybe they don't have baby seals in Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Anything in the opening bit? Well, I did like that, uh, you know, we find that the reason Sophia sprained her ankles was because she, let's see, I believe the phrase was, Ma, you were the one who sneezed and blew yourself off that stool. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I wanted to add some context, though, like, the, uh, the, like the she was on the stool. <laughs> the, the, the clubbing uh, in, uh, comment. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that, uh, uh, what was it called? The petting zoo? Correct, yes. Like she's, uh, was it Dorothy that suggested? They had to just bring her to the petting zoo, something mm-hmm. they both like. Yeah. And then uh, Blanche was almost offended. She's like, I don't even go to that club anymore. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, we'll obviously, we'll obviously get, the, get to this as we go on, but it is incredible how unable Blanche is to relate <laughs> to a child and this, to even have any idea what a child might enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised Blanche just didn't hire a governess for the week. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> that would have made more sense. I mean, hell, she could have hired Rose for the week. Rose, Bring back Mammy. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> she's probably looking for work. Exactly. You know, it's, it's hard for an older woman to find work. She's exactly. even older than they are. So. She's had a recent contact even, so. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. That's all I had, though. That's all you had? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, Blanche enters and announces that she's come up with a scheme for, McCle- for keeping Melissa occupied. She's going to gussy her up and parade her around town like a poor man's Jean Benet. <laughs> uh, Blanche has Melissa demonstrate her quote-unquote talent, and like a true Hollingsworth, <laughs> Melissa lies about her age. I assume the lies work the other way as well, and that Melissa will be able to lie about being 21 when she's 15. <laughs> uh, we then learn that both Rose and Dorothy were failed beauty queens. I find it hard to believe that Rose could lose to Eileen Dittmeyer's imaginary friend, but I'm on board with Brooklyn having someone better than Dorothy when it comes to competitions built around congeniality and bathing suits. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she she practiced so long on that. Uh, what instrument did she say? Trombone. Trombone. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I know Rose, I believe, said she lost 23 years in a row, <laughs> which was funny, you know, for the little mess. quite a streak. Yeah. That's, that's uh, a model in... Uh, um, Decline? Stick, stick to it. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, that's a model <laughs> who's already passed their prime <laughs> by today's. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, was, uh, I thought that was funny. I can't remember if Dorothy specifically said how many times she lost, mm-hmm. uh, but... Yeah. I got the impression it was just the once. Oh, okay, perhaps. Uh, Why would you go back for seconds if you've been humiliated like that? That's true. Although, yeah, I don't know. You could say that in any kind of thing you lose, couldn't you? Like, why would I ever play a game of basketball again after losing that one? <laughs> I've been saying that since episode two. Right. <laughs> and yet still here you are. <laughs> what is the definition of insanity? Is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. <laughs> But that's all I had. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, so Blanche. Oh wait, no, I did. I'm sorry. It's okay. I did think that Rose's uh, talent was pretty funny too. Smelling uh, rats. Yeah, smelling yeah. rats. Yeah. I, I couldn't under. I wasn't sure if she meant that like she could tell there was like a rat in the room just by their mm-hmm. odor. Yeah. Or if she could, you know, in some other way, like determine which rat was rich by yeah. comparing two different rats. Uh-huh. I, I like to like, think that she could guess what it ate. Oh, that'd know? be pretty nice. Yeah. What kind of cheese specifically? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would have liked to her. I would have liked for her to have expanded on that uh, mm-hmm. story just a little bit. Yeah. So, sorry, that's all I have for that scene. It's okay. Um, so did I tell you? Um, so Cassidy was telling me about Groundhog Day and how it was a sham. Oh really? I, uh, I, like I the movie? So. No, or the, the, uh, um, the ceremony or oh, whatever. Okay. Yeah, not um, that I'm aware of. Like basically, she was like, "It's all a sham." Uh, <laughs> she's like, "The groundhog doesn't predict the weather. It's just a bunch of men standing in tall hats who read it off a scroll." <laughs> 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 and she's not wrong or whatever, but just the way that she, you know, he's like men in tall hats, and she said it with such disgust, you know, <laughs> as if like rodent wrangling is the last glass ceiling or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tell you what, once she gets a little more. Fil- uh, Familiar with how government works, she's going to be much more upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'll show you something to be irate about. Yeah. You know, some of them have dropped the tall hats, but they're... Yeah, believe me, it's one of only many shams <laughs> that are going <laughs> off in this world. So. Luckily, though, most of those shams are uh, equal opportunity. <laughs> exactly. They stick it to the little guy regardless of gender. <laughs> right. Uh, so Blanche takes Melissa off to prepare for the beauty pageant just as Nurse Defarge arrives, arrives uh, to take care of Sophia. Uh, so Nurse Defarge is played by Edie McClurg, and I'll let Alan fill us in on her remarkable career. But I do want to point out that until I wrote this recap, I was convinced that she did the voice of Mrs. Puff on SpongeBob. I don't know why I assumed that she did, but I just had that fact stuck in oh, my yeah, head. Oh, yeah, I can see it in my head, yeah. like... Like double, oh no, SpongeBob! Exactly. <laughs> so, in case you're wondering, that's the 84 year old Mary Jo Catlett who plays Mrs. Puff and not the 77 year old Edie McClurg. Yeah, I mean, Edie McClurg, I mean, we'll get to it, but she has done quite a bit of voice mm-hmm. work. So. She does. Quite the Disney legend, really. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Didn't play Ursula, though. No, um, that was. Uh, Melissa McCarthy. Well, that's the new one. Melissa. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know who did the original Ursula, do you? Uh, Eartha Kitt. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, uh, well, we'll find out when Eartha Kit appears on the Golden Palace. <laughs> and we go through her oeuvre. Right. Not Eartha Kit, Ocean Kit. Mm. That was kind of dumb, sorry. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you can cut <laughs> that out. <laughs> you stopped coughing for that? Yeah. <laughs> 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 if 
I cut out all our bad jokes, it wouldn't be much of an episode. <laughs> yeah, we cut it down to two, three minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just basically our ratings at the end. <laughs> the theme song. Yeah. Uh, so Dorothy goes to get Sophia, and Rose entertains Nurse Defarge. Apparently, she was also the nurse at Shady Pines, and Sophia's priceless reaction lets the audience know that Nurse Defarge made an impression. Didn't she call her the Angel of Death? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> just the way she screamed and like started healing <laughs> herself yeah. away. And like Dorothy's like, I hope that doesn't uh, yeah. like deter you or yeah. something. <laughs> uh, so Dorothy follows Sophia into the kitchen, and then a few moments later, uh, Nurse Defarge joins them. Uh, she assures Sophia that she'll treat her better than Kansas City whore. And special thanks to Ski for that simile. Uh, if you're not following Ski on Yelp, <laughs> you really shouldn't. <laughs> so are, are you indicating that Ski no. gives Kansas City whores reviews on Yelp? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or any place that he goes to, like, right. he reviews them on Yelp and says if they treat him better or worse than a Kansas City <laughs> whore. <laughs> That's the that's the bar <laughs> exactly. He's so like, the went standard. to Quiznos. <laughs> treated, <laughs> treated better than I was by that whore in Kansas City. <laughs> Is that a high bar or a low bar? <laughs> Ask him. He's the one Yelp reviewing. <laughs> Is that a high bar? Very or? medium. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Very medium, like uh, I would say, middle of the road uh, prostitution experience. Mm, okay. <laughs> well, you're you know, the it expert. Even, it doesn't <laughs> even really say that I would have uh, solicited her, you know, special duties. It's just that you know, Howard. Is that she what you're into? Is special duties? <laughs> <laughs> say professional. A professional duties. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I guess you gotta go to a pro if you want <laughs> want your needs met. <coughs> ah, so the next segment. You guys, anything else you want to throw out? Uh, I don't think so. All right, so the next segment starts off with a uh, nurse Defarge and Sophia doing a duet on that old public domain chestnut, Daisy Bell. Uh, interesting side note about that hit song from 1892. <laughs> it would subsequently be the first song to be sung by a computer. In 1961, an IBM 704 was programmed to sing Daisy Bell, and after seeing a performance of this, Arthur C. Clarke wrote about it in 2001 A Space Odyssey. So when the HAL 9000 was deactivated in both the book and the movie, he sang a bit of Daisy Bell as he died. Hmm. But don't cry for HAL 9000. If you ask your Microsoft Cortana to sing you a song, she'll sing you a bit of Daisy Bell. Really? Yeah. Very <laughs> nice. Uh, so the other Goldens are offended by the fact that uh, Sophia and Nurse Defarge have bonded. Uh, they're further enraged when Nurse Defarge steals the clicker and changes the channel from the, the nun story to Ironside. Apparently the other Goldens would rather watch Audrey Hepburn as a nun than Raymond Burr as an invalid. You can't say I blame them. Mm -hmm. uh, fun fact about the nun story, it also featured Colleen Dewhurst, who we spoke about a few weeks back as the actress who robbed Big Sally of an Emmy. Ah. Hmm. And then Sophia tells Nurse Defarge that she can call her Ma, and Sophia's rewarded with some popcorn and a possible flossing. Uh, there's even a chance that Night Nurse... flossing. <laughs> or so... nap flossing, as it was. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's a chance that Nurse Defarge will use the minty floss on Sophia's teeth. Of course, if Nurse Defarge really wanted to give Sophia a spicy reward, she'd put a pinch of sage in her boots. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys seen uh, cinnamon uh, uh, floss? Yeah, I believe so. That'd be a spicy surprise. <laughs> Have you? So, Brent, you don't uh, drink a whole lot anymore. Um, at least, yeah, not, yeah. not to excess. Uh, yeah. 
I would imagine that you probably in your younger days when you were a bit more of a drinker probably had a, a time or two where you drank to excess. Is that accurate? Yeah, no? yeah okay. it's accurate. Yes. Have you ever been so passed out that someone could floss your teeth without you waking up? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, it, I mean, and if they did, they used the plain floss. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> like that meant would have brought you right exactly. out of it. Right, exactly. yeah, I never once woke up with mint in my mouth. <laughs> Menthol cigarettes, maybe. <laughs> right. <but laughs> Just taking a quick trip to Flavor Country. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I thought that was a funny line in general, but um, yeah. but yeah, I just can't imagine ever being so, such a heavy sleep. That <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think I'm a particularly well, heavy I'm, sleeper, but well, quick though, I think Sophia takes her teeth out when she naps. Ah, oh, okay. I guess I didn't. I thought that she just snuck in while she was snapping. <laughs> no, no, no. She gets them off the counter and ah, flosses okay. them and. Okay, well, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. That seems more reasonable. <laughs> yeah. uh, so the Goldens are sitting around the kitchen table commiserating on what a burden Sophia's convalescence has become. Uh, Rose and Blanche want Nurse Defarge gone, but Dorothy says her options are limited until Sophia heals. Uh, Blanche tells the Goldens that a gentleman caller was taking her to Pound Town. Um, <laughs> when, One and two. One yeah. and two. Well, he was taking her down there. Um, and the Nurse Defarge walked in. Uh, to make matters worse, she almost woke up Melissa, who was sleeping three feet away. Uh, Rose says that Nurse Defarge didn't wait until the act break and interrupted her one-woman production of Peter Pan. Uh, regardless, Dorothy says that she's not heard anything that she'd consider a fireable offense. Then Nurse Defarge walks by to say that a gentleman called for Dorothy, but she didn't take a number. And this is the fireable offense that Dorothy Sorry, that's Sorry, that's the part I was talking about, was part of potentially, I was, uh, you, I was jumping ahead. That's okay. That's okay. You were talking about Blanche still, and I was <coughs> jumping to uh, Dorothy not getting to take her, her trip to town town. Yeah. Well, you, right. you did mention a funny little thing in there that uh, I kind of went by me when you first said it, as far as that uh, Melissa would have been sleeping three feet away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that, was good. that was well done, Brent. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, we didn't we didn't react when you said it because it took a second to register. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't want to go by unnoticed. Thank you. I know that when you have a joke you're happy with that goes by unnoticed, you mm-hmm. don't quite heard about it. <laughs> Maybe she's the heavy sleeper. Yeah, could be. Said put a pinch of sage in her boots. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all chuckle on that one. Uh, so Melissa then comes in to show off her pageant dress for the Goldens. Uh, Blanche leaves to get the sheet music for the show, and Melissa uses the opportunity to let the Goldens know that she's having as much fun with a bunch of post-menopausal women as she'd imagine she would. <laughs> uh, we transition to Dorothy explaining that she's never been good at firing people. Apparently it fell to Blanche or Rose to terminate Coco. Uh, Rose says she's fine with firing people, which I guess that means she gets the credit for terminating his employment. Mm. Uh, Nurse Defarge walks in and Dorothy attempts to fire her. Then Sophia intercedes by faking a leg cramp. Uh, Nurse Defarge announces that she's staying until Sophia can walk. If she really wanted to stick around, she'd stay. She was staying until Sophia could stop defecating in the towel closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to me, that whole scene, it, it was a little irritating that yeah. Dorothy was like, well, what can I do? Like, that's fine. You can stay as long as you want, but I'm not paying you after today. Right, yeah. <laughs> she's basically just saying, I don't care. Like, she never said, I- I'm staying whether you pay me or not. Yeah. She just said, I'm staying along. Mm-hmm. And so I guess she's just assuming that payment will keep coming. <laughs> yeah. But see, I don't know that I had anything else specifically about that scene. Well, th- I take that back. There was, I thought it was funny when the nurse walks in. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I apologize. <laughs> I don't know either. Brent <laughs> drops his phone. 
<laughs> to the the, the <laughs> listeners. Um, anyways, I did think it was funny when uh, the nurse walks in, and I think says like, "Oh, good morning," and uh, Rose says, "Not for you, nursey, nursey, nurse, nurse, <laughs> yeah. nurse." <laughs> and then later on, she apologizes for the nursey comment. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. She's like, "I didn't think I was going to see you again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was it that I had. Yeah. Anything else to? I don't think so. I don't remember where it was. I think it was probably actually near the beginning. Uh, both uh, Dorothy and Rose were talking about uh, pageants they were in. Uh-huh. And it may actually be after the fact. I'm not sure if you've got written in your notes or not. But uh, Rose makes a comment or something about how at least her mother voted for her. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of my favorite lines of this yeah. one. Nice moment. Um, so this week we're going to debut a new feature. Oh. Okay. I'm calling it Great Days in British History. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> of which there are many, I'm yes. sure. Well, for this inaugural edition, I can think of no greater day than October 5th, 1962. Mm, very nice. <laughs> so what happened on October 5th, 1962 in British history? Well, not just British history. I think it's a great day for the United Kingdom and for America and for the world. Okay. You know, it's basically the day the British Empire decided it wasn't going to go quietly into that night, but instead it gave us two of its greatest contributions of the 20th century. All right, uh, the Beatles. Are what, they what year did you say it was? October fifth, nineteen sixty-two. Okay, proceed. Okay, so um, that was the day that the first James Bond movie, Doctor No, debuted, oh. and the debut single of the Beatles, "Love Me Do," came out. Nice, uh, I got pretty, one of the two right. Yeah, so both good those one, happened on the punch. same on the same Friday, October fifth, nineteen sixty-two. It's a hell of a day. Exactly. I'm not. I'm no fool. You know, I recognize that Doctor No and Love Me Do are nobody's favorites. But as debuts go, I think they're both solid, and I'd watch, listen to either, you know, at the drop of a hat. Yeah, well, and I think that if something makes its debut, even if its debut itself isn't the best ever, if it leads to, you know, one of the, perhaps the best band of all time, Mm -hmm. and... Perhaps. uh, Well, I mean, you know, anything like that is, uh, I guess, subject to personal taste. People might disagree. Mm -hmm. But as far as success and, and all that, I think that... Uh, legacy wise, too. yeah, legacy wise, and and by any measurables, the Beatles win pretty pretty easily. Okay. <laughs> Sorry if I uh, offended you by even suggesting otherwise. I thought you were going to make a robust defense for Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> 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 no, I figure if I did that, then you'd come in with the uh, the Silver Bullet Band. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, adjusted for inflation, uh, Dr. No earned $60 million at the box office, and Love Me Do was a top 20 hit, so they were both successful. Um, but since then, Bond yeah. films have made almost $20 billion Yeah, I don't say they've done even a uh, drop in the hat, really, compared to what yeah. would go on to be their legacies. Yeah. So you can learn more in John Higgs' book, Love and Let Die, James Bond, The Beatles, and the British Psyche, or by reading Kenneth Wormach's review of it on Salon.com, which is what I did because my copy hasn't shown up yet. Ah, so, <laughs> so you, you will own that book here in the near future? Uh, I'll be picking it up from the library oh, once okay. my copy becomes available. <laughs> <laughs> the reviews I read were mixed, and ah. I was like, well, I don't need that on my bookshelf. All right. <laughs> I think you should have multiple bookshelves. You should have one bookshelf for the classics, one mm-hmm. for you know, one for you know, uh-huh. books that are perhaps uh, like you said, mixed reviews, yeah. and then another one for shitty books, but that you like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I acknowledge this isn't good literature, uh-huh. but you know, I like, enjoyed it. Like yeah. all of your Twilight books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just like if you're looking for a good book about the Beatles, mm-hmm. uh, Rob Sheffield's book, Dreaming the Beatles. I think bar none. I think it's amazing. So it's called Dreaming the Dreaming Beatles. Dreaming the Beatles. Yeah. 
Um, and it's a quick read. Like the audiobook version is only like three and a half hours. Oh, so okay. like if you're reading it yourself, you can knock it out in Probably a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. So it's a really good book. Okay, we'll keep it in mind. Highly recommend it. My favorite. Okay. So anywho. So the next scene is uh, at the beauty pageant. Uh, Blanche cannot help but comment on how homely some of those girls are. Uh, she even says that she'd like to have a bag of nickels as large as one girl's nose. Mm. I was too <laughs> horrified to look into whether that was an original joke or a southern expression from a time before anti-Semitism was bad. Mm. Uh, Melissa announces that she's not the exhibitionist her grandmother is, but before Blanche can make a logical defense of performing, they announce it's Melissa's turn and Blanche pushes her onto the stage. Uh, Melissa stands silently on the stage, and so Blanche takes the spotlight. Uh, she proceeds to sing a few lines of Put on a Happy Face. And if you don't know that, uh, it was the hit song from Bye Bye Birdie. Uh, say what you want to about Blanche, but she has an encyclopedic knowledge of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> 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 we transition back to the jungle room uh, where Melissa is reading Rose's story. Uh, Blanche apologizes who, for being... Who dated Dick Van Dyke in the series? Was it Rose or Blanche or... No, it was Dorothy. It was, it was Dorothy. Dorothy. Yeah. He was the maritime attorney who dressed as a clown for the... Well, I remember that, but I forgot who he was dating. Yeah. Um, it's funny. There was three options, basically. Yeah, and, <laughs> and I you... chose the last one. Right. <laughs> Sophia? <laughs> Dorothy never gets a man. It couldn't be her. <laughs> she no. did seem like the least likely. Yeah. yeah. But no, he's saying, um, put on a happy face and bye-bye, Birdie. I believe it. Uh, so we transition back. Uh, Blanche apologizes for being a pageant grandma, and Melissa says that she still loves her. She's just angry. Uh, Blanche is okay with that arrangement and promises to be a better grandma, except when there are men in uniform around. Uh, we go to the <laughs> living room where a lighter-than-air Sophia is dancing around to some more Daisy Bell. Uh, Dorothy and Nurse Defarge catch her walking, and it's decided that Sophia is healed and that Nurse Defarge shouldn't let the good door hit her where the good Lord split her. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia <laughs> confesses to Dorothy that she was faking because she enjoyed being pampered. Uh, she said it was nice having people take care of her for a change. Uh, Dorothy says, eh. <laughs> <laughs> like, in our timeline, 10 o'clock hit, so my phone went to nighttime mode. Uh, <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so she, you know, she said it's nice having people take care of her for a change. Dorothy says that she makes Sophia fend for herself because she's trying to stave off the aging process. Uh, Sophia takes the high road and doesn't remind Dorothy all the times that um, that time makes fools of us all. <laughs> uh, they agree that they'll return to the status quo in season seven, ep- season seven, episode four. But in the interim, there'll be a bit of a hugging. Mm-hmm. And threw me off this night mode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean you're done? Yeah. Until <laughs> it's time to read the intro. Done. Right. <laughs> a couple weeks. I forgot they they hug at the end of that one, right? They do. They're all snuggly and whatnot. I want to say they hug at the uh, next one too. Do a lot of hugging. <laughs> you sound very uh, disapproving yeah. of all this PDA. <laughs> Mother and daughter, blah. Um, all right. Be enemies at best. Well, we did have a uh, we had a few guest actors. Actually, maybe just two guest actors on this particular one. Uh, no, that's not right. We had several. Um, so we had a what's that? Uh, real quick, um, uh, Lena and I does new show. Uh, uh, not dead yet. Okay. Uh, and so the most recent episode that in our timeline, I guess, came out last night, and my wife and I watched it tonight, uh, featured Don Lake. Oh, really? He played Mr. Porter. Very nice. Back. Um, so he's looking old. <laughs> yeah, well, it was a long time ago he played yeah. Mr. Porter, <laughs> yeah, so. and he wasn't exactly <laughs> well, I mean, a young man then. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I just saw him in something like a year or two back, and, you know, he still looked normal or whatever, but, like, the last year or so has really taken its toll on him. <laughs> mm. 
Uh, well, we had uh, Allison Porter. She played Melissa. Uh, Curly Sue is definitely yeah. what she's most famous for. Yeah. Uh, 47 titles to her name, but only 17 as an actor. And this is her only Golden Girls. And, of course, like I said, by far, uh, there's nothing she'd be in that you would recognize her more for than uh, Curly yeah. Sue. Yeah. Especially because that, I think, movie came out right around the time that this I episode did. So, yeah. yeah, I think shortly after. Yeah, so and that was John Belushi or James Belushi? Jim Belushi. Of, it was a Belushi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was <laughs> Jim Belushi. Okay. John Belushi was way dead. Ah. <laughs> Uh, then we had, of course, uh, Edie McClurg. Yay. Um, she played Nurse DeForge. Only gold yeah. girls for her also. Uh, 292 ep- or titles to her name. Again, uh, she's kind of a Disney legend. She was in uh, Frozen as Gertie. She was in Wreck-It Ralph. She was in Cars 1 and 2, A Bug's Life, um, The Little Mermaid. Well, she played Carlotta, not uh, uh, not Ursula. Okay. Um, and then, of course, she was also, oh, she's in Kiki's Delivery Service, too. It's not technically a Disney movie, but. Yeah. You know. What is that? Kiki's Delivery Service. It's one of the Studio Ghibli okay. movies, you know, like Spirited Away and whatnot. Gotcha, yeah. Ponyo. Um, and then she Ponyo's also had... my favorite. What's that? Ponyo. It's oh, yeah, favorite. I love Ponyo, too. Um, and then there's, uh, like, Seinfeld, Full House, Empty Nest. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, just quite a few things. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yay. Uh, she was in Carrie as well. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, a, a, a story career, to yeah. say the least. Um, quite a lot of credits to her name. Yeah. Indeed. She's a very uh, um, storied actress. Mm-hmm. Then we had uh, Barbara Allen Woods. She played a woman. Uh, I assume she was the mother of the daughter. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We got, we didn't. We kind of touched on that. But, like, when they were backstage before uh, Blanche's granddaughter went on, uh, a lady, like, came up with her her daughter, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. she was, like, complaining about how much she hates it, basically. Because mm-hmm. what'd she have to do? Like, baton fire? fire. <laughs> yeah. And she's, she's like, like, help me as she gets let off. And that's when Blanche was like... How terrible! Why would a parent do that to, or what? What could be worse yeah. than a parent doing that to their kid? And Rose is like a grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> but then I think that was right after that she she shoved Melissa out on stage. Yes, exactly. It was her turn. Uh, that would be a difficult thing if you're like right in the middle of a revelation, mm-hmm. and then it's like, oh shit, it's time to go. Uh, <laughs> yeah. so I'll at least give her a tiny pass on that. Yeah. We'll, one we'll talk about this aspect. later. But yeah, so anyway, Barbara Allen Woods, uh, she had 60 titles to her name, her only Golden Girls, uh, recently in nine episodes of Chucky, um, mm-hmm. and then she was in two episodes of The Goldbergs, uh, mm-hmm. Empty Nest, Seinfeld, Mr. Belvedere, and uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Yes. Who did One she ep- play on Goldbergs? On Goldbergs, she played uh, Barbara Goldberg. I have no idea. I didn't write down who she played. She only was in one episode or two episodes of it, so not gotcha. enough that I felt the need to put her actual character name. Okay. Uh, Mindy Ann Martin, she played the little girl. Uh, only nine titles for her, and this is her only Golden Girls. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Robert Gould, no relation to Harold Gould. Mm-hmm. Uh, or he was, Elliot Gould? Or Elliot, I, I don't know about Elliot Gould. I look specifically for Harold Gould. but I love Elliot Gould. I know you do. You've mentioned it before. <laughs> <laughs> I think you like him even better than Harold Gould, which is almost... Uh, oh, I definitely do. <laughs> I definitely do. I know that you do, but you're supposed to, you know, this is a Golden Girls podcast. <laughs> you have to show a little favoritism to the Golden Girls-related ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> if it's any consolation, um, I think I'm more likely to look or dress like uh, Harold Gould mm-hmm. than I am Elliot Gould. That's that's fair. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, you're definitely not suave enough to pull off the Elliot Gould True look. That. So. <laughs> Oh, anyway, but Robert Gould, he was the stage manager. Uh, 29 titles for him, and this was his only Golden Girls, also. So did you go to 23andMe to find out if he was related to Harold Gould? Or? I looked it up on the internet, and apparently they're not. <laughs> <laughs> so Just type that shit into Google. Pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Robert Gould related to Harold Gould. The funny thing is, I typed it in, and before I could even get to 
finish related, it said related to Harold Gould, so I'm not the first person to look up this uh, information. That's funny. Yeah, but anyway. It's really funny. So, Ski, who earned your MVP for this episode? Um, I don't know. I think... Uh, I think I put it down for Nurse DeBarge. DeBarge, DeBarge or which one is it? Yeah. Not DeBarge. Not L. DeBarge. Like <laughs> Whatever is pronounced. Well, let's call her Nursey, Nurse, Nurse, Nurse. Yeah. <laughs> I, I liked her. That. I thought she was funny. She went in there a ton, but I liked, I liked her as an actress, yeah. and I thought I, she did a good job. I like her fine as an actress. Didn't care for her character. But uh, how about you, Brent? Who got your MVP? Uh, Sophia. Um, I really like the way that, you know, she rolled that wheelchair as fast as she could when she saw mm. Nurse DeFargent screamed and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and plus she got to do a little soft shoe <laughs> there at the true. end. <laughs> well, I gave it to Dorothy, oh. you know, for trying to keep Ma active. Um, I, I, I don't Fair know. Fair point, yeah. Overall, I, I enjoyed her the most out of the episode. It was She probably did have the funniest jokes on this one, I think. That's what I thought, too. Uh, but And not, no one else stood out. And, of course, it was another Bad Blanche episode. Mm-hmm. There's been so few Blanche-centric episodes that aren't Bad Blanche episodes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very often that she's just altruistic. And yeah. <laughs> you know. They do like to pick on her a lot when they focus on her. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. Almost every Blanche-centric storyline is about her doing something shitty and then redeeming herself at the end. <laughs> And sometimes her redemptions are even half-assed. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's like, oh, agree to disagree. Yeah. <laughs> See you next week, folks. <laughs> See, like, she's not all bad. Have like, a good night. I'm not that happy that you're gay, but I'm happy you're happy. How about that? Is that good enough? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, but yeah. Uh, so having out the slices of cheesecake in this one. I gave it four. I thought it was kind of a run-of-the-mill episode. Yeah. I think that's a fair grade. What about you, Brent? That's like five. I liked it a little bit more. Um, I mean, I thought it was a nice way to bring in a different, you know, character or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that, yeah, it seemed like they just sort of forgot about Melissa for large stretches of time. Like, I don't know what she was off doing. Right, yeah. (laughs) Well, it was odd because, I mean, there were, like, I would assume, I guess the A story would be... uh, you know, Melissa, uh, that part of it, because Beauty and the Beast, obviously, I think that... uh, Yeah, but it seemed like they spent more time with Nurse Defarge. Exactly, yeah. Maybe they just, when they did the editing and whatnot, they're like, we think this is funnier than the parts with Blanche making her granddaughter sad. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think Chutin was just like, well, I've got a story about a nurse, and I've got a story about a granddaughter, but neither are good. (laughs) Right, yeah. (laughs) Together, there'll be a passe type of episode. As each write 12 minutes and... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Clearly, this isn't long. This isn't a long enough storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Neither is this. Together, yeah. I'll Voltron them together, and then it'll work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe Melissa was Beauty and Nurse Defarge is the Beast. It could be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was on board with Ski there. I gave it four slices. Also, mm-hmm. again, just right in the middle. Wasn't of the bad, road. but just wasn't like a standout. I don't yeah, think. Exactly. Um, yeah, I was, I don't know, for some reason coming into season seven, I just had real high expectations. Mm-hmm. And uh, this uh, little run of episodes we have coming here, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, didn't exactly live up to my high expectations. Kind of a meh. Yeah, not bad episodes, mm-hmm. you know. And other people might completely disagree. I'll be interested to hear what you guys think of these uh, next few that we do. But this one, yeah, just middle of the road. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that, uh, yeah, I was kind of having the same uh, uh, opinion of that. Um, I was thinking that uh, the one we love so much with the uh, murder mystery, mm-hmm. that would have been a great near the end type of one just yeah. to kind of cl- close out because obviously the Golden Palace, but I don't know that that was a guarantee yeah. wrapping up the Golden Girls series. Yeah, well, they they did. They ended season six so strong with the Henny mm-hmm. Penny 
And then just a couple episodes into season mm-hmm. seven, they have another, you know, great episode. Yeah. And so I just thought we were going to be banger after Do you guys banger. know if those were uh, written by the same person or group? I don't remember. I lo- I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I don't have cyclo- encyclopedic mm. knowledge of anything. Like, well, it, once I learn it, it unless <laughs> I use the information, it goes away fairly well, quickly. Well, you mentioned it, so I didn't know if maybe you'd uh, look somewhere that up. The um, the Libertine Bell episode, the is he the waiter? Um, Leland Orson, what mm-hmm. was his name? You know That's, who I'm talking about? I, I know who you're talking about, but I don't recall his name offhand. He popped up on a, a movie, Amsterdam. Oh, really? The David Russell movie. Mm. Was nice. that good? It was really good. I really enjoyed it. Actually, uh, saved that on our our uh, what the hell's it called DVR. Okay, gotcha. Wait, you have a DVR? No, no, not DVR. Just on the HBO Max. You just added this to your watch list. Yeah, 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 something okay. like that. Gotcha. Sorry. Okay, yeah, it's, it's worth. That's where I watched it. Have you watched Nightmare Alley? No, oh, it's I've not ass. heard of that. Oh, it's kick ass. It's got a pretty amazing cast. Mm-hmm. It does. Um, it's What's got that the, about? Uh, or just, uh, it's. <laughs> It's about a carny who um, sort you of... You got me. That's right there. That's all I need to hear. <laughs> like, yeah, like, he's sort of a... In this version, you know, he's a carny, and then it turns out he was a ne'er-do-well before he was a carny. And then after he was a carny, he's definitely a ne'er-do-well. Uh, and then he just sort of, you know... And what's it called goes again? Back, uh, Nightmare Alley. Nightmare I Alley. It. It's got uh, the guy that does the Rocket Raccoon. Um, okay. And oh, he played Cooper. bass yeah. in the 18 movie. <laughs> it's like it's funny because like anybody who's listening most to this, obscure like yeah, anybody who's listened to this podcast knows that your knowledge of actors and writers and, you know people and musicians is you know pretty impressive and then to act like I don't know that guy didn't he do an episode work? of Between the Ferns yeah <laughs> Between Two Ferns sorry. I believe he was in The Hangover Two exactly. <laughs> Third male lead, I think. Right. <laughs> <laughs> not Zach Galifianakis, the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not Ed Helm. No. Not Ken Young. <laughs> not Mike Tyson, but the other one. <laughs> the tiger? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But, yeah. Seems yeah. like a tiger could play a it's raccoon, got, right? Yeah. Right. It's got Bradley Cooper and Tony Collette and Rooney Mara and um, uh, uh, Kate Blanchett. That was a pretty good freaking cast, you're right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, Ron Perlman. Pretty good too. I like and Leland Orson. Leland Orson though probably didn't add a whole lot to it, did he? No shit, he wasn't in that one. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was in Amsterdam. That's, oh. what, that's why I got his start. <laughs> he was trying to give him credits that he hasn't even yeah, heard. Yeah, yeah. But like, so they're in the same conversation now, and he right. was basically in both. So like, I'd seen the original and everything, and I'd read the book, um, and then it just took me a while to get around to seeing the the remake. Um, it was good and everything, but HBO Max also has the black and white version of the remake, which I'm going to okay. try to watch. At some of which point. one of those? Um, well, the original was in black and white to start with. Well, I'm saying which of the two movies is uh, Nightmare Alley? Okay. It was a black and white version of it. I don't so. know if Amsterdam had an original or something. No, no, not that I know. No, they didn't. They didn't. So. But I thought Amsterdam had a pretty awesome sounding mm-hmm. cast too. It did. It's got the Robert De Niro mm-hmm. and. Um, People, uh, <laughs> Christian Bale oh, okay. and um, Denzel Washington's son, and the girl. Um, what's her name? <laughs> the is it Margot Robbie? Yeah, 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 yeah. Margot Robbie. Yeah, it's got Harley Quinn and Batman both in it. So 
Amsterdam, that's the one about the three people who... Yeah. Okay, yeah. They're like friends or something, yeah. and then they grow apart and they get back together. So yeah, exactly. I thought that one that, looked That's really all good. I really know of it. Mm-hmm. And Chris Rock's in it. Yeah. It looked really good in the previews, but it kind of got shit on in the uh, reviews. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. It's... I mean, I enjoyed it. I really did. Um, it's sort of like a poor man's Coen Brothers type movie. Okay. That's what... Yeah, I got that, that vibe yeah. from it. That's one of the reasons I wanted to see it. Yeah. That, the good cast. Yeah. Have so, you guys yeah. seen The Menu? No, I have not. Yeah, <sighs> I have. Kick oh, ass. That was pretty good. Yeah. I think yeah. you'd like it. I mean, we're doing good to get through. Like, I'm happy that recently we finally caught up on Russian Doll. Mm-hmm. We also are, uh, like, halfway through Dead to Me Season 3. Mm-hmm. Like, we're working through some of our backlog of series that we're already invested in. Mm-hmm. And so... There's just so much out there now. Yeah. I- I'm hopeful that if we continue on the pace that we're going now, we'll actually get caught up with stuff, you know, maybe within the next... A couple months, uh, mm-hmm. maybe a little longer. I don't know, but then we'll be able to start diving into some new stuff. Yeah, I so. feel like I really should take like notes while we're uh, discussing stuff because you both bring up really good movies or like series mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah, and I I know that I'm woefully behind a lot of these. Yeah, like well, I'm not, like some of these I've never heard of. So, yeah. well, I would definitely add Nightmare Alley to the top of your list. You sound like you like it quite a bit. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was phenomenal. Well, I think it got nominated for an Oscar or something, didn't it? Or at yeah, least some like, of the actors. Yeah, for like Best Picture. Okay. Like, oh, wow. I thought, yeah. So, I'm surprised it, I hadn't heard of it then. I forget what was one, it. Was it, it this year won. or last year? I think last year, maybe even the year before. I know, I, know <laughs> I was woefully behind just because, like, I love the original. I love the book and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'll see it at some point. But I really should have made more of an effort because I like Guillermo del Toro and everything. Yeah. So. I think if we ever do another uh, podcast after this, you know, mm-hmm. I know we, we've kind of gone back and forth on that. But I, like I said, I'd like to be more free form if we ever did. And I think we should definitely have a Brent's Picks section of the right. podcast mm-hmm. <laughs> and a little theme song that goes with it. Like Brent's Picks, you know, something. <laughs> maybe something by somebody who knows more how to make music than I just did. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's spot on. I just don't know. Maybe spiced up just a smidge, but I think it's pretty close. <laughs> well, there's a podcast that I enjoy called Baby Geniuses. And the person, one of the co-host brothers, is a musician, mm-hmm. and so they have all these little like interstitial, um, you know, songs oh, in between uh-huh. these different segments that they do each like week. Like little intro bits. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, ten to thirty second, yeah, type mm-hmm. songs that go with them. And I think it's really cool. But then there's part of me where I'm like, the only way I'd ever want to do that is if someone else was editing this shit, mm-hmm. because I don't want to have to cut it, and then, <laughs> you know, and drop yeah. in those uh, little songs every, you know, four or five times an mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. So, so. You should uh, teach your sister to edit this stuff. Yeah, she has lots of time on her hands. She doesn't? No, she has like three jobs. Oh. Well, okay. two jobs, and uh, I think just two at this point, oh. but still. One's a full, full-time job, and then the other one is like a 20-hour-a-week job. Mm. So, okay. Keeps plenty busy, though. Yeah, certainly. Mm. Anyways. All right, well, I think we got this episode padded out a little bit now. Yay. <laughs> so we hit over 50 minutes now, so at least there's that. Would you say 50 minutes, that's it? Well, we're at like 53, but I think a little bit of that was at the top end that may or may not make the cut. Yeah, and then we cut out his coughs. We're down to a tight 37. <laughs> right. Was <laughs> it very bad? No. No, no, he only had a few, so I don't even think the warning that I gave was that necessary. <laughs> but anyways. Well, I'm glad. Like, the other day it was pretty rough. All right, well, uh, hasta la vista, baby, (laughs) and uh, stay golden, Coco. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. 
If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.